Neil, you look, you look good, buddy. You look good, man. 4K death right there, looking beautiful Heck today, Heck yeah. Mm. Definitely can see ourselves in your forehead. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll, uh... Oh, I got a text. Themselves out. Her power just went off. Oof, power. The Saw movies, the first one really made me mad. The Saw um, movie was interesting. Uh, I, I think I watched the second one, and after the point where the girl falls in the pit with the needles, I was like, I'm done. Like, it's Wait, just, hold on. Are there more Saw movies, or are there more Land Before Time movies? I think it's close, I, but I would put money on Land Before Times. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay, so I don't think she's coming back. Here's my proposal. We start over with a new podcast. We'll clip this into next week's podcast. Okay. New content. Brand new. Ready? So next week is it like we'll shorten is half a podcast or Well, two. it's gonna be a full podcast made up of two different weeks recordings. Yeah, yeah. Right? Sure. But we have to do one whole new podcast now. One whole next- new podcast right now, which we're doing. Update. Okay. We All lost right. Hannah. She's gone. Power okay. went out. So, right. you get the original three. Marty, Hello. Neil, Andrew. Welcome back to Plans Are Optional. This is our optional plan for real, actually. So, we already talked about things that you'll hear in next week's episode. So, we got to try not to talk about them this week. Correct. Great. Yeah. Hey, that and might mean is- we just have a very like direct product this week. <laughs> like we can have a beeline directly to a point and a topic of something. Well, actually, so let's put that in perspective before we get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> we lost Hannah in the podcast we were recording, which we will resume next week. So now we have to do a new podcast, as you put it, Marty. But we have zero things to talk about. Oh, we so, have loads to talk about, boys. Uh, it's on you to, to come up now with some good topics, I feel. Yeah, let's put this on Marty. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Direct. Uh, <laughs> shoot. Come on, beeline. <laughs> well, as you know, recently in the news, oh, no. the Washington uh, uh, State Department of Entomology or... Um, they they tracked down the. Oh, you're talking about the nest with the, the murder hornet's nest. Yeah. And what was really fascinating to me is that they captured one, and using dental floss, I think it was dental floss, they attached a GPS tracker to the hornet, so a really small GPS using dental floss, and that's how they located the nest. Nice. And then they they suited up and everything, and they vacuumed out all of the murder hornets. They like knocked them out and everything, and like wrapped the tree and everything, and killed the tree, and did all this other stuff. But the hornets survived being gassed and vacuumed. They had them all sealed in the container, but they're alive. <laughs> These suckers are relentless. But then they did recently find that two more, or two queens. Um, were in the nest or something too. So um, they're worried about more murder hornet nests uh, spreading across the Northwest. 
Like well, I'm and, sure there's more than one nest out there. And what does this mean for the regular person? If there are hornet nests, what do we what do we need to worry about? Uh, Not much, actually. That they spit venom. Their stingers are six millimeters long, and they're they suck. And it's just and like yeah, but like uh, normal hornets, like bald face hornets, suck. It it's it's just another hornet out there. It's nothing to actually be concerned about. That's what I thought because I, you know how it is. It's, it's not one of these like gonna destroy ecosystems kind of situations. Then it's no, just they, yeah, the, they will. They, it's an invasive species, but I'm not gonna. It's not gonna destroy an ecosystem. It, the ecosystem will adapt to a new species there, but it's not gonna. You know, here's the downfall of Western civilization as we know it, Marty. No, Look, but the honeybees are going to be decimated and crops and things will be. Oh, they're already fucked anyways, okay? They are. That's We're gonna true. We're going to have to send you through flowers to pollinate. Anyways, this is one of those stories that came out during 2020 that was like, oh, great, 2020 strikes again. Yeah, you know. that's when I first heard it. And it was like exactly that, like <laughs> cat clickbait headline, basically. Yeah, it's something to be concerned about. It is an issue in a very localized region, and steps are being taken to handle it. Whether it does or not, we don't know yet. But for the average person, it's not something to concern yourself with or not go outside. You know, you don't have to hole up in your office, Marty. Hey, but you know what? 2020 does suck. We also lost Sir... Sean Connery yeah, this weekend. We, did. we lost that did happen. James years Bond. Old, though. Pretty old. Like I mean, what was what was your guys' favorite role um that Sean Connery had? What, like what 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 it like sticks out for you? Hmm. That's a tough question. Do you want to be mad or no? I I, I it's a question. Like I'm Oh, I, I don't know if I've actually seen any Bond movies with Connery in them. Really? You've yeah. never seen any James Bond movies with Sean Connery? I don't think I have. I mean, there's just there's like 27 films in that series, all right? Yeah. He did yeah. eight of them. I mean, he was great in Indy, Indiana Jones. He was. I did watch that Wait, on hold on. Sunday. Indiana Jones. Who was he? Indy's dad? Yeah. Oh, I guess that's my favorite role then. <laughs> he's he's uh uh Henry Jones Sr. in uh, mm. The Last Crusade. How do you go from Henry to Indiana? Uh they named the dog Indiana. So he took the nickname Indiana from the dog. Oh. Today I learned. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> That's interesting. I liked him in um The Name of the Rose. Um because I love the name of the, the that's one of my all-time favorite books and um the movie was pretty good i enjoyed it you know that is one of the few sean connery movies i have not seen you should watch um i I do love him as james bond i mean dr no and goldfinger classic roles yeah diamonds are forever not not so much uh last crusade classic um but there's to me there's two um two other roles that Sean Connery just made and that was uh um Ramirez from Highlander and then um um Mason from The Rock. 
Have you guys ever seen The Rock? Yes. The Rock nope. is cool. Andrew's never Although seen I, The Rock? Oh. Never, yeah, got a, Rock's a good movie. I must admit, I don't remember a lot about it because it was a long time ago. So I don't really have remember Sean Connery in it all that much. Although I'm sure he was the main character. Oh, but. Sean Connery was like kind of a way for him to go back to his James Bond role. He's a British spy that gets captured and he breaks out of Alcatraz and a military operation takes over Alcatraz and they use the British spy to break into Alcatraz. And it's an early Michael Bay film at his Michael Bay East explosions, gratuitous, like action film of just awesomeness. Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage, um, uh, Michael Bean is in that. I mean, it's a really star studded movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it's full of cheesy action one liners too. So it's just very quotable. And he does a, he does great in it. So, even though you're talking about Sean Connery, who recently passed away, how come whenever we have no content, we always revert back to visual media? Because <laughs> we are reverting. We are re, uh, re, and remembering the life of a, a cinema legend. Okay, hold on. But... Like we're 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 talking about how 2020 sucks, and that we are going. Sean Connery just passed, and then we're we're, we're reflecting on the man that was, and the, and the career and the legacy. It doesn't mean that it's visual. Like we're like we're audio. Well, but you're talking this. about works he's done, which were visual mediums, and that's fine. I respect that you're excited about that and that you respect him as an actor but it's worth having the conversation about how people i don't i don't necessarily want to say i idolize but how affected people are by celebrity deaths not much i i like to think people pretend that they are <laughs> but it's but i think that's it'd be disingenuous to say marty doesn't care how can when, you be i mean a lot of those films are big for him, right? Sure. They are, they I'm not saying people don't me. care, but it's like, like I think some people don't overplay it a little bit, don't they? Not you, Marty. I'm just saying people. Right. Because no. we know Marty is really into film and a big nerd. Um, <laughs> I'm not I mean, the biggest nerd out of out of all the people that we know for films. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean to say that, but uh, I I just think it's a good chance to talk about it because I've always thought about that. You know. I don't know. There's probably a couple of times a week I get texts from people saying, oh, my God, this person just died. And I don't know if it's just the fact that I'm getting older and people's accumulation of knowledge or of knowing different celebrities has grown to where people you grow up. So many. You mean there's so there's many so celebrities? Many. I yeah, guess they so, die so many celebrities and just, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, the way I see it is... Obviously, these celebrities usually are some kind of artist, whether it's an actor or a musician or an author or whatever. So they touch people's lives at some point in mm-hmm. some way. And sometimes they really touch people's lives, right? They're really into a particular celebrity's work. And so they feel sad when that celebrity dies. But like you say, there are so many that die now because there's so many of them. Um you know, I don't know, it's just, they die. I mean, that's it. I just think it's sad when they die young. Sean Connery at 90 doesn't really, you know, he's going to die, right? 
it wasn't going to outlive us. He's going to live on in our hearts, though. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he has so many. I mean, just like last week's episode where we're talking about Marty's future kids and Neil's kids eventually listening to our podcast. That was last week. That was last week. (laughs) Are you calling us celebrities? (laughs) We're celebrities because we might be. Right? <laughs> oh man! Don't Neil put that pressure on us. Celebrity you know, status. This, this whole podcast is basically like Bill and Ted, where <laughs> we don't know it now, but everything we stand for will save humanity one day, and we will become the biggest celebrities in in the far, far future. Is that the title of this podcast? The bogus podcast. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that what you're trying to say, Neil? Sure. Um. Hey. I think we need to reevaluate what constitutes a celebrity. Like there's seminal icons of industry or films. Like Sean Connery is something that is like, he had an established legacy that people grew up with and he's like a lasting legend. Whereas like the Kardashians, are the Kardashians really celebrities? I got to stop you though, because I think, although you're correct in that comparison, it seems that in the world of Hollywood and celebritydom, ev- there's loads of those legends and loads of those iconic people. Like, think when Prince dies, David Bowie dies, Beatles dies, Stones die. Like, everyone's a legend, right? Who died this week? It was freaking Eddie Van Halen, right? Or last week? Mm-hmm. Another yeah. icon. Everyone's an icon. And it's like, how do we begin to create a stratosphere of these people? Because some are obviously, you know, bigger than others or more iconic and I, I would say influential than others. But it feels that there are still tons of, that fit into that category as well. Well, and I think Eddie Van Halen is um, is not a good example to pick because out of 80s rock in that like scene, like there's few guitars that are as renowned as he was. Of that era, that would seem like perfect and so, thing to pick if he was that famous. Well, what I was going for more was of somebody who's just like a flash in the pan, um, comparatively. So, like today, we have a whole mess of uh, YouTube influencers or Instagram influencers. Like, are they? What's going to be the uproar of them? Mm. Like kind of thing. I like. Do, does that really constitute celebrity? Um, it's hard of to tell. Adding to the industry or of something. Yeah. Like it may to the younger generation when those people die, they'll be like, "I remember when I was totally into that YouTuber." Yeah. I don't know. It may do. Who knows? Like, so I, it's really subjective. I yeah. I don't I have no idea who PewDiePie is or or. I, you know his name though. Because I work with kids and they say it and I have no idea who it is or what they're talking about. Or even when you guys talk Rocket League and you talk Sunless Con, and I'm like, who the hell is that guy? Like, they're just content know. creators similar to artists and musicians, I guess, but you know, just in a different media than a, a, you know, a newer media. Um, but I think some of those will, will go down as iconic. I, I don't know. It kind of depends how the medium progresses, right? Because, for example, Sean Connery was able to make movies over many, many decades, which continues to add to his legacy, right? Mm-hmm. And musicians usually, unless you know, they continue to make music, although oftentimes 
to fewer ears, more to like the hardcore, unless they're really outstanding. But um, I don't know how that's going to fly for things like YouTube. But I do think that their celebrity done might be a little shorter lived than your traditional forms, right? Because as younger, probably more of a younger person's game, maybe like video game players aren't going to be playing games for f at the top level for thirty years. Because they're just not, not going to have the capability. Yeah, not in a professional esports sense, but there's right. plenty of content creator creators out there that are, say, good at a game, but they're not on a professional oh, level. And it's their sure. personality that would sell something, right? Well, they're the ones that are the more hyper-celebrity, right? The sports yeah. pro gamers tend not to be the most famous. But, like, is PewDiePie going to be around in another 10 years? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Not, I don't know either. Not going to lie, I had a flash of the three of us sitting in an old folks' home playing Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> so. That sounds great. That does sound great. If I'm still kicking around playing Rocket League at that point, and, by, and kids coming in and looking at it, saying, look, looking at it like the way we would look at 8-bit pixel graphics today. <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> Oh, man. I, anyways, I didn't mean to bring that up to be insensitive to those who die. Like, I totally understand right. that death is a sensitive subject, and there's people that people might look up to while growing up in, you know, popular media. But I just, I just noticed more and more people getting caught up in that rush in, what, like you said, trying to iconicize people. And I just don't. I don't understand it. I agree with you. I mean, and I also was insensitive. Um, and I, you know, I don't really apologize for it, <laughs> jokingly. But it's like, I don't personally have the, I don't understand it. I don't understand why. Yeah. I want to. Maybe that just makes me not very empathetic or whatever you want to I, call it. No, I, I don't that, get I'm... how someone can genuinely yeah. be upset about some thing or some person that they've sort of never actually met. I understand that you can feel sadness for it, but I think yeah. that that's about as far as my emotions could go. Mm -hmm. but like, you know, that's just yeah. me. Like I said, I'm not trying to apologize either, but um, I just want to make the clarification that I understand it can be sensitive. But yeah, I, I from mean, from where I'm coming from, I don't get it. Even. Yeah. Even from for me, like I, I listened to Chris Cornell music and Soundgarden and Audio Slave, and when Chris Cornell passed, Andrew, you even sent me a text like, "Hey, I'm thinking about you. How are you doing?" Like da da da. And I, like, I was sad about it, but it was like I wouldn't put Chris Cornell and Eddie Van Halen in the same like stratosphere. It was like icon kind of thing. Like it's sad, but not. Well, I'll be honest, I don't remember ever sending that text, but I always have known Marty to be a sensitive soul. I'm tough as nails. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it just gave me an, uh, here's an, here's a question. Maybe this is getting a bit too, maybe we're going too deep in the rabbit hole here, but philosophically, it made me think, well, it's interesting if you think about it, right? Because if you get upset by the death of a celebrity, and then if you sort of consider death as a spectrum and then you've got people that you actually know who die, family, friends, close family, etc. So if they belong on that spectrum, it kind of makes you ask the question like, well, first of all, 
who are you upset for when a celebrity dies? Are you, is it just an ego thing where it's just, or it's just your remembrance of what they did for you and how their work affected and touched your life, right? Which mm-hmm. it is obviously to, in a very literal way it is, but also, um, then does that even extend into close friends and family? like how we deal with death? Like what is it about death that makes us, is well, it just our own mortality or is it, is it a selfish response actually death? I mean, I don't know. I'm just, now I'm just getting into, let's talk about mortality. No, death let's get into the weeds on this. This, this might be <laughs> a good discussion. Like let's get we're, into We're this. jumping into it. So Neil, you're saying, you know, actual loved ones or I guess people you'd be more closely associated with dying, right? And how do you put them on the scale? Right. What if people that really take a celebrity death hard has never had anyone close to them die? So on their scale, that's as if it was like someone yeah, super close to them. because they haven't yeah, experienced I, the other side. Sure, yeah. Which makes it completely, again, like, you know, completely legitimate, right? But that makes you ask the question then, oh, so if that's possible then when someone close to you does die, is that not merely just, again, an extension? Their death is just an extension. The way you handle it is just an extension of your ego because it's your reaction to to that. And it's we like to think of death, I think, because we feel... Well, I guess it's a very complicated topic anyway. <laughs> but, you know, you're mourning the passing of someone's somebody who touched you and in a way... Mm-hmm. We, are, I think, we kind of like to externalize death as, to, as if to say, "Oh, I feel sad that that person is dead," but actually, maybe what what's really going on is just that you're just sad that they they can't that they're not that they're not in your life anymore, which is also fine, right? Um, yeah, I know I've been on that side. Yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh, I, I will miss that person tremendously," or I'll never, you know, whatever, I'll never have a beer with them again, I'll never have a conversation with them again. So, but with celebrities, you know, you're never going to have that conversation. You're never going to have that beer um, unless you're, you happen to meet them or you know, one day or stalk them. But generally speaking, um, I don't know. It's interesting. It's also interesting to think that one person can have so much mourning, so many other beings mourn their death. If you think Effect of it as, on com- so many as a comp- people. Yeah, think of how much effect they have if it were like some kind of competition, so to speak. Like, I mean, anyways. So yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's interesting to see how we deal with death on a on a massive scale rather than a very personal scale. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what the impact of the Queen's death, the Queen of England. That's true. Because I don't think so. Being British, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you I why. Just <laughs> that, that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Neil. Being British, like explain. Go on. The British have obviously. She's not the first monarch. Um, many have died. Many have lived long lives as well. How they many are, have you experienced in your lifetime? Very few. She is like up there, man. She's like second longest reigning monarch in hell, in, God knows in ever. In your lifetime. Pretty sure it's she's zero. the longest reigning monarch. No, zero. Yeah, yeah, zero, zero. No, I know completely. But I guess what I'm trying to say is even though, I mean, that will add to it. Yes. The fact that she's been monarch for so long is going to add a bit. It's, it's like a little bit of, 
it's the last dab on hot ones. It's like it's going to add some spice to it. <laughs> you just but... compared the death of a monarch to the last dab on hot ones. <laughs> it's a good analogy. But here's why I think yeah, not, cut that out too. The, no, the, the British people, the British people are continuously, especially those that care about the royal family, continuously talking about the death of the of the monarchs because it's the monarchy is like the thing where you know historic you know historically that was like it's like Game of Thrones right it, you win or you die kind of thing so monarchs come and go and you kind of expect the monarchs to die. And I think the British, just the British mentality and their expectation of her death, which has been so, so, so long, just like it was for her mother, is that when it comes, they'll just be like, oh, good. This will be not good, but like they won't be cheering. They'll be like, oh, that's sad. But hey, hey, such it goes. In comes the new king. And they'll they'll actually be very excited um, for William because they, like if it was Charles coming in, they would have been people would have. Pe- that's why he's not going to do it because. Generally speaking, nobody ever wanted him to be king. But everyone's like, yeah, when William comes in, it'll be cool or whatever. So I, I don't think that it'll, you know, it'll go through its couple of weeks of TV and media and news and ceremonies, but I don't think it'll affect all but the most diehard of potentially older citizens, right? Really old, old people that have literally probably of the same age range as the queen might affect them a little more, I would think. Yeah. But still, the royal family gets so much press coverage. Like, uh, what Harry and Kate, Megan, or no, yeah, Harry and Megan, Kate, uh, they what defected from the royalty? I don't know the actual phrase, but they they kind of stepped away, right? Yes. And my problem, okay. So last week we talked about algorithms. I think I clicked on one article one time, and now I can't get them out of my news feed. <laughs> Because you clicked on an article around a topic which, generally speaking, is extremely popular. So they're like, yeah. keep throwing it at him because he, he watched one once. He's going to watch another one. <laughs> it's guaranteed. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I just feel like they get a lot of media coverage all over the world. Yep. And so everyone knows who Queen Elizabeth II is. Well, right? how, many, how many countries are in the Commonwealth still? Thirteen. Thirteen. I mean, so that's that's still a large. <laughs> is that a truth, Andrew? You know that? Uh, that was a guess. Let's check. Was a guess. <laughs> we should probably look it up. <laughs> I, I don't know how many it is. Um, but, uh, I'll look right but, now. You guys keep going. But the, I mean, the Commonwealth is still a, a huge thing. And so um, even thinking back to Princess Di when she died, um, you know, that was a huge thing even in America. And granted, Sure, Princess but again, Diane that been was separated. that was a, that was tragedy. That was mm-hmm. tragic versus you know old age to be expected. Whereas, okay, all right, guys, fifty four. I was a little bit off. <laughs> a little bit. I was going to say I think it's a bit more, uh, <laughs> but but like <laughs> when the Pope passes, there. I mean, that's that arguably influences more people than the Queen. Yeah, potentially, but I don't yeah. think the Pope passing is gonna have or even when when uh because what we're on two popes since john paul right yeah i mean how uh, many popes have we, there been in the same time span and so i think this is gonna be and she she's just revered sure of it'll be sad for sure i mean you know i agree that people will be upset but i don't think they're gonna be out in the streets like 
Okay, again, I don't want to be insensitive, but Neil, could you explain to us, Yanks, what does the royal family do now? What do they do? Oh, you mean what is their actual function, purpose? (laughs) (laughs) Now? I mean, they don't. They they do a lot of charity work um, and social work, essentially. Um, they're, I mean, they're a tourist attraction for really at the end of the day, they own an immense amount of land. Um, and I, and, you know, they invest that they invest in order to maintain their wealth to a, to some degree. Um, but that's pretty much all they do is, 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 um, various dignitary functions with other royal or high societies plus charity work, I think. Sums most sums it mostly. Up. They're essentially just the figure head of state. Yeah, figures like, of state. Yeah, they're not the actual head of state. They're just the exactly. Yeah. So they don't do it. No, no, they don't do anything. I mean, on paper, on just purely on paper, the queen has the right to veto um, parliament, and that was actually brought up for the first time in uh, literally oh, yeah. two hundred years as a possibility after Brexit, because the referendum was so close, the Queen had could have potentially stepped in and said no, but they would never do that unless it was like a, you know, a 99.9% um, unanimous um, opinion of the of the country. Because if they did that, um, there's they could actually lose at that point. She like, because rev- Brexit was like close to 50-50 for those that actually voted, right? Many that didn't vote said they wished they had afterwards because they couldn't believe that it would actually happen. So it may have been more like 60-40 or whatever, six, whatever it would have been. But the, if the Queen stepped in and did that and vetoed the referendum, then um, she would, uh, by some, some technicality or law or whatever it is, she, puts her, she would put her own uh, position as the... the as that uh, royal um, arbiter or whatever on the line and could lose the throne. So they're never going to do it. Why, why would you do that? Why is stupid? Wait, how um, would, how would be her being the royal arbiter put in I don't remember what it was, but this, I, I watched a video about it and it's like, um, it puts something, I don't know why, but it puts it in jeopardy, essentially. It would put her throne in jeopardy um, to do such a thing. Which is not. I'm not saying that's not why she didn't do it. She probably didn't do it for a million other reasons. But um, the point being is that they do technically still have the ability to interfere in in politics, but haven't done so for many centuries, and thus are nothing more than just as as Manny said, them their symbols, figureheads of state. Okay, I do have another question because I don't know this. Is she, is she a Tudor descendant? Like, what's the bloodline there? Uh, I, she was like a long way from the throne, um, that when she was a young woman, she was quite far removed and a bunch of people died, uh, which always makes me think of King Ralph. Did you ever see King yes, Ralph? Yes, I love King Ralph. <laughs> yeah, that yes. movie was classic. <laughs> and, uh, I often think of that. I obviously wasn't that extreme, I don't think, but there was some weird set of events and circumstances that led to her becoming the queen. Which it, and because of that, I'm not sure what the line is, but you could look it up on Wikipedia, obviously. You know what my other favorite royalty movie is? What? Splitting Hairs. I don't think I've seen that one. With Rick Moranis and Eric Idle. Oh, I may have. They're switched at birth. 
and Eric Idle, the oh, prince, grows yeah. <laughs> up in an Indian family, and Rick Moranis is a Yank, grows up yeah, as yeah. the the heir. Uh, that sounds great. And it has a young Catherine Zeta-Jones in it, and uh, John Cleese plays a, um, a groundskeeper who's who Eric Idle pays to try to assassinate Rick Moranis's character, but he keeps messing up, and it's hysterical. That sounds amazing, actually. I'm going to have to watch it. I love that film. It's it's great. So Back to visual media. But <laughs> no, was, you brought exactly. it up with, with uh It was a passing King comment. Ralph. You didn't have to take it into a whole movie discussion. Okay, hold on. Hold on. We went from celebrity deaths to the royal family, and now I'm stuck on the royal family. I have Neil here. I never talked to him, so I have to ask him now, or I'll never get the question out. The royal family essentially gave up their power to Parliament. How did that transpire? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, England became a constitutional monarchy back in the just around the pre-industrial revolution, I think, something like that. Um, and that was, I don't know, just I, I assume social, um, social pressure would be more likely the answer to that question. Hmm. Just like, because, you know, around the, back in those days, you know, you had all of the, like England was a little ahead of Europe, and that's why Europe ended up going the ways of the real revolutions, right? So England avoided a revolution of that nature, like the French Revolution, where the royal family all got their heads chopped off um, by whatever, for whatever, I don't know. I'm not, I never studied it. Um no, that's fine. I assume you, they're under pressure. That's the only it. explanation, right? I mm-hmm. mean, if you're yeah. in the royal family and you're like top dog, you're not going to give that up unless <laughs> you, um, you know, unless that's the way the wind's blowing, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, you don't have to have the answers. But if anyone's listening and they have a good book to read on the subject, send it our way. And maybe it'll be our next book club. I'm not reading a book about the royal family. Maybe I'll read it in my free time. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I have been getting a request from the librarian to do another book club, so we need we should pick one here soon. Um, I mean, relatively to your question, Andrew, I, I do know at least one tidbit was the Magna Carta, um, where lords kind of forced the king to mm-hmm. sign away some of his Which rights. Which is a long time before. That was... Centuries before, right? It's in the late 1500s. So, yeah. um, or maybe it was... I think it was, might have been earlier than that. But, yeah. Um, I mean, but the Magna Carta is one of the documents that kind of leads to the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. But neither here nor, here nor there. But ever since then, um, the king or royal power has been slowly been eroding um, but I believe you're right, Neil, with the a pre-industrial revolution of um, seeing the various revolutions going, yeah, maybe we should keep some semblance of power, but let you do the governing and we'll just drink fancy things and keep our palaces. Right. I mean, so all I know about the Magna Carta is, is it was an album by Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> He's an icon. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we, will mourn, we will mourn we will his mourn his death heavily <laughs> see now we're on audio medium <laughs> wow okay so where are so, we yeah, at here the, the, one other thing one little tidbit since we're on the topic and we're probably going to wrap it up jay-z 
No, the royal family. King of Britain. Oh, okay. um, so the royal family are they're kind of a love hate thing, especially in in England. You either love them or you hate them, really. Um, so they're quite polarizing. Obviously, older generations tend to be much more pro royal family, um, and they do bring to the country a real sense of of patriotism um, in certain people. But likewise, there are many that are just like bunch of bunch of tossers to to coin the phrase as the English would say it, um, kick them out like useless, waste of taxpayers' money, blah blah blah. Um, little short sighted, but. Um, point being that they they are um, a polarizing faction of British politics or British mm-hmm. institution, um, and uh, that's it. No, just where yeah. where do you stand on that? I don't care. Like I have you nothing. Says against. love or hate. You can't say don't care. I know. I realize that, but I don't like. He's... If I had to choose, I mean. It depends where you. It depends on the day and what you're stirred towards, right? This the tra- the tradition is called on a pragmatic level. The tourism and that it brings in is is huge for the yeah, economy. Yeah, that's good. Um, but if you're just talking like um, any kind of common sense, it's a complete waste of time. So toss toss them out. Yeah. So Neil wants to get it's rid like, of. He wants to overthrow the crown. It serves no. Can't hear this real, now. It serves no real, actual, useful purpose. Sure, we can. He's, he's he's studying to be an American citizen, so that's true. Yeah, and and it's old fashioned, you know. But it's all old fashioned. Some people call it old fashioned. Some people call it tradition. So, hmm. you know, you know, um, I will say there was a report that came out not long ago. I think it's the king of Thailand, who has. It's like every year he spends more days abroad from the country he's king in yeah. than than what he spends actually in country. And I think this last year he spent like a grand total of like 30 days or something like something ridiculous in his own country that he's king king of mm-hmm. and he's just sailing around in his yacht and doing all this other stuff. So, at least at least the royals for the most part, stay in England. Stay home. Yeah. Stay home. Yeah. True. So, I mean, you got that. They're not ignoring their their um, subjects, right? But are they really their subjects? Yes. Neil's hesitating. No, I don't. I mean, in the strictest sense of the word, sure. No, <laughs> strictest no. sense, sure. Yeah, but no. Well, Neil no. Neil's going to be the latest one to rebel, so. Yeah. One of us. One of us. <laughs> you know. Okay. With tomorrow being well, election day, Neil, it's like, it's kind of a waste that we didn't get you uh, your citizenship before election day. So now it'll be at least another four years between uh, voting in your first presidential election. Yeah, presidential. I mean, there's plenty of elections between now and the presidential election that he could participate in if he just did it. He should participate in all elections and all voting. I've got other things that I new endeavors that I have to focus on before then. Like a motorcycle. Like a motorcycle. Like a Halloween uh, house rating candy stash app. 
Hold on, we didn't talk about this yet. <laughs> Look, guys, this was a conversation I had over corned beef and hash and some eggs. All right, I didn't mean it to go this far. I th- I said it was fine. I didn't say anything. I didn't no, say Marty poo pooed it right away because all you can think I know about is a shitter app. You poo poo my ideas all the time, except for the motorcycle one. <laughs> you get one idea, and I poo poo on it, and then it's like, oh, it I'm wasn't wrong. my idea. I just passed it on from the table to you guys. I think it's decent enough of an idea. So, what's the idea? Who wants to explain it? It's your idea. I don't know. Okay, so I, I sent these these fine fellows a text the other day when I was having breakfast with some friends. I was like, okay, how about this? There's an app where you can rate houses for Halloween on what kind of candy they give out, the decor, the atmosphere, you know, because I don't know about you guys, but I, so there's, I, here I didn't really care about it, but I've been places before. I was like, I hope I get trick or treaters and I hardly get any. So what if there's an app, but it's like Uber for trick or treating houses. (laughs) <laughs> God, it's getting complicated An now. Uber for trick or treating houses. So, uh, it's yo, the Uber, Halloween you, bus. You rate the driver. You rate. <laughs> you rate the. Uh, I guess uh, the the driver and the rider, right? I, but this would just be the driver. So you mean like the driver would be the house? Like Yelp. Yeah, maybe Yelp. Yelp for ha- Halloween. TripAdvisor. No, so it's it's like a trick or treat advisor. It's it's Google Maps, right? Because you've already got that built. Yeah. Except, but with Halloween ratings for every address. I mean, that's not invasive at all. I mean, neither is Google Maps, right? <laughs> There's street view. <laughs> they don't satellite pictures of your house and shit. It's fine. Totally fine. <laughs> Anyways, that came up in conversation today, and now it's here. I think it's a decent idea. It's. I think it is. Uh, it's obviously seasonal, right? Um. I think it's narrow in focus. Okay, but that's usually a good thing when you. That's usually a good thing when you that's, come with an idea. That's the niche right there. Yeah, I'm saying like if you found a perfect bathroom, you wouldn't want to share it, Marty. <laughs> Speaking of this, by the way, just before this podcast, I happened to watch randomly. I saw an old Ali G video where he goes to America and he talks to people about his business idea. And his business idea was the ice cream glove. And he goes into these real, <laughs> these real investment firms and he has these big presentations, but he doesn't get, he doesn't tell them what the idea is for ages, right? By which time they realize they're talking to an absolute, <laughs> what they think is an absolute <laughs> idiot, but in practicality, an absolute genius. But, and he's going on and he's talking about how much money he's making. He goes, if I could get every, he goes, he shows in like a Venn diagram with this. On this side, people who eat ice cream. And on this side, people with hands. <laughs> and everything in the middle is our target market. <laughs> and he goes, we can make a million billion dollars. And he draws a number, but the number's like going down the paper. He goes, it's so big, I couldn't fit it this way. <laughs> it's fucking classic. I, but I anyway. I this, I need to look it up now. Yeah, the ice cream glove. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives he gives two guys an ice cream. He literally hands them at the beginning, and he goes, "Here you go. Here's an ice cream." And he's like, and they're like, "What do you want us to do here?" Because just hold it. And as he's talking, he goes, "What's the problem with ice cream?" And he drags it out, right? 
and it's like, I can tell you what the problem with ice cream is. <laughs> it drips. <laughs> and they've got this, like, they're holding a melted ice cream. It's like, it's just great. I'm sorry. I know I've completely ruined the podcast with this, but, you know. I don't think so. Yeah, it's just great. It's like 14 years old, but check it out. It's funny. Oh, back to the I visual was re- media. Uh, back to the visual media, but I was reinvigorated to watch some old ADG videos after seeing the, the latest Borat movie. Um, because he had said before this Borat movie that he was he had retired those two characters. He was never going to do them again. Um, but he came on and did uh, Borat on, um, I don't know if it was Jimmy Kimmel, um, briefly to promote um, one of his other newer characters. And I think since he did it, he kind of was like, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed playing this character. So he, that's partly, I think, why he ended up doing the second movie again. <laughs> oh, and Borat, it was just... Yeah. That's... That's a classic. Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen is, he's an icon. Oh, shut up, Marty. <laughs> All right. I think we should wrap this up. I don't think we're going to get a full hour like we usually do, but we essentially did one and a half podcasts today. We're close. And you guys won't know that until next week. So, hey, what do you know? I, 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 w- I was on it, right? Beeline. We got a we got a target. Yeah. It meandered. It got there. It came back. All right. So I guess from this week's podcast, second half of today's podcast, we need book club ideas. Apparently, British royal history isn't going to cut it. So <laughs> start sending your suggestions. And then uh, what else? That's about it. Sorry you don't get to hear the, uh, I almost wanted to say horoscopes, uh, terror reading. That will come out next week once we get Hannah back. And everyone's quiet. Great. Perfect. What an outro. If we talked, it was just going to keep dragging on. That's what you do is drag on, Marty. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry I put in the thing that you need to cut out.